many of us in this world find ourselves searching for ways to feel more alive. We move through our lives day after day, living through the same repetitive cycles and the same stressful patterns that often leave us feeling defeated, underappreciated, or unfulfilled. But what if there were a different way to perceive life? What if out there we were able to find the keys to a happy, healthy, and fulfilling reality in the lives that we're living right here, right now? For those of us who are looking for a way to transform our lives, for those of us who are looking to fully live in this moment, to change how we feel, how we perceive the world, and awaken to a better reality so we can fully live this life. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question, are you living or are you killing time? What's going on, friends? Welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm being inspired to talk about the cycles that we go through as we age in life. Uh, I just passed a milestone 40th birthday a couple days ago, and I'm in the midst of one of those cycles, one of those seven-year cycles that we supposedly go through in our lives, which I just have to pause and say for one moment that turning 40 for me really wasn't that bad, to be honest. Um, I, to be honest, I didn't know if this day was ever actually going to come because at age 29, I had asked the doctors after my second cancer fight if I was actually going to make it to 40 because the second one happened and it was completely unexpected. Like the first one, it was even more of an anomaly and it was a much more serious kind. And all they really said at the time was just treat every day like it has meaning. And I thought that was kind of a, a scary answer for them to give me. And I, you know, I asked again, you know, am, am I going to make it to 40 or not? And they just said, you know, you, you have a long road ahead of you. You need to make sure that you do everything to live life to its fullest. You need to take care of yourself really well. You need to do a lot of things with your health. But, um, you know, you got to realize the reality of this is it's not a joke and um, do everything you can. So it's 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 been a process. I'll say that much. You know, I went through my 30s literally not knowing if fight number three was coming. Um, so 40 wasn't guaranteed like tomorrow isn't guaranteed for any of us. But for me, it's literally something I didn't know that I was going to see. And it was pretty terrifying for me. But here I am just I made it and I'm grateful. I, I wanted to mention that because it's something that I'm, I'm absolutely head over heels about. You know, I, I look at 40 on its surface and just be like, oh, I can't even say I'm in my 30s anymore. Where are the years going? Um, but on the on the flip side, it's an amazing gift. And to everybody out there who is hitting those milestone birthdays, whether it's 20, 30, 40, 50, beyond, um, every one of those milestones, take it for what it is. It's going to come regardless and take it as a badge of honor that you're actually able to make it another year. That's why we're here, to keep on racking those years up. One of the coolest things I've learned about through all these things that I've I've stumbled across in the last three or four years was these cycles that we go through in our life. And realizing their truths, they all have their their theme. Every seven years, we go through a certain theme. And, you know, I really found that when I looked back on my life, the previous cycles that I had gone through, uh, I, I saw the lessons that were supposedly supposed to be learned at that stage. And the ones that I'm currently going through, the ones that I just completed, the one that were that have just gone by, um, it was amazing. It was it was amazing to look at 
you're supposed to go through this at a certain time and say, yeah, I actually did. And to look at the one I'm going through right now, uh, it's amazing to see that I'm supposed to be going through certain things and supposed to be really embodying certain aspects of that cycle and to really see those things transpiring and then see it in other people's lives. I thought that was quite an amazing thing, too, that you can you can see what other people are potentially going through with that certain stage in their life and know that maybe there's a little bit more of a deeper explanation for it. You know, it's tough. Like with everything, we wish that we've learned this stuff years ago. We wish we knew this stuff about ourselves and other people a long time ago, um, especially while I was going through some of the roughest times. I would have been able to say, oh, I'm, I'm going through this lesson because this is my place where I'm supposed to be in these predetermined cycles. And um, of course, it doesn't work that way. But, you know, just imagine going into like a college course or something and and having the teacher just literally start talking about something. You have no idea what class you actually sign up for. You walk through the door, you sit down and the teacher just starts rattling something off. And you're supposed to guess the title of the class that you're taking based on the content that the teacher is giving you. I mean, that's exactly what we go through in our lives. And really, it's one of the biggest reasons why I feel like this material is so important. So we kind of know what to expect when we get to those certain stages. It's like a syllabus of life when you learn what these seven seven year cycles are actually supposed to put us through at certain times. The stage that I'm currently supposedly living in right now is one of the teacher and educator, which I thought was really interesting. Um, when I found out about it, I was really like, wow, this, it was kind of what hammered it home for me because I had learned it sort of in the beginning of this stage and have known about this for quite a while. Of course, boning up on this stuff before doing this episode, kind of reading more about it. It's like, wow, as the stage progresses, the things that happen towards the last back half of the seven years are really all the things that have been transpiring for me, which I thought was, it was amazing. It was an amazing, um, path to actually have laid out in front of you and it, it matches um, it matches everything that you're going through. The craziest part about learning this material is is just how much the descriptions of each cycle actually have reflected on certain things in my life. And I, I just remember things in such crazy ways. I can just remember conversations and dates and stuff like that throughout my, my younger years. Just uh, I have one of those memories, one of those brains where things just stick. And it's kind of been a curse at times. It's been a gift. But in looking back on the book of my life, it's been a great gift because I've been able to look back on these times and point to certain things. And learning about these cycles was just awesome to look back and say, OK, I was supposed to learn this certain thing. Ah, That was the lesson. And at certain ages, I, I was able to reflect back on the theme of that age and that era of the time that I went through and these cycles all really matched up. And I bet you could do the same thing with your life as well. If you sat back and once you're done listening to this, you could look back on some of the, the things that you went through at certain times in your life and you're able to say, yeah, wow, um, that's actually the things that were, were most important during that time in that stage of my life. But before I dive in too deep, I want to mention, like I always do, if you haven't already, head on to the platform that you're listening on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you're getting this from, and leave us a comment, a rating, or a review. It's going to help us reach new people, um, sharing it with family and friends who might be into this stuff, or even just the, the theme of one of the episodes, they may be into that as well. Um, share those with anybody who might be interested in that's how the show expands. That's how we get more of a listener base. That's how we get more potential support to advertise this and keep it going, which brings in better guests. Luckily for season two, which is going to be firing up after September 29th, um, 
we've got some great guests that are going to be coming on the show. And the more speed that it picks up, the more notoriety, the bigger names we're able to get. We've had some really great guests, though. I'm, I'm kind of shocked at the, the quality of the guests that we've had come on here. Some authors, life coaches, um, just podcasters who are crushing it themselves. I'm, I'm honored to have the people we've had on here so far and the people who are coming up in the future um, all show up because of the support and notoriety that it's already getting. So anything else that you can do to help spread the word be greatly appreciated. So yeah, September 28th is going to be the one year anniversary of the show, which um, I'm amazed. I, I cannot believe we've gone one full year of broadcast. And it's coincidentally the same day that I'm expecting to hear some major news about the future of the show or, or maybe a future iteration of the show, which is super exciting. Uh, of course, you know, I don't believe in coincidence at all. Um, a better description would be synchronicity, which we're actually going to be diving into some of that coming up in the next few episodes, too. So stay tuned for that one of the differences between synchronicity and coincidence. Uh, but we have some awesome programming lined up, new guests, new subjects. This this first season sort of had a certain uh, flow to it. It had a certain area of sort of bringing everybody up through some of these darker times. I felt like that's kind of what needed to be out there, kind of what I needed for myself, what I feel like transpired a lot of the conversations that I had with people day to day. Um, but I also feel like it was the basis of knowledge for a lot of the stuff I really want to start to dive into. So if a lot of this stuff was new for you, which is what I wanted to gear this podcast towards was people who have not dove into this stuff very much, or maybe have just dipped their toes in a little bit and maybe have a little bit more of a basis of knowledge. And as we move on, we could dive in a little bit deeper, but I thought that that would be a great theme for this show because a lot of this stuff, you can really go cross-eyed listening to it or say that it's way too woo-woo for you. And um, I think there's a lot of validity in some of this stuff, and that's why I wanted to bring it to you all the way that I have. But I think helping everybody weather the storm this year was, I think, one of the most important priorities for me. Um, and I feel like we've all done a pretty good job of keeping our head above water and trying to do the best that we can given the, the circumstances behind 2020. And it's not over yet either. We've got a lot of, a lot of things ahead of us between September and December. So, um, but I think we've taken, you know, the best that it's had so far and we're just going to keep trudging on. That's what we do. That's what life's all about. But I feel like a lot of us have leveled up. And we'll be uh, we'll be jumping on the next leg of the journey together, all together. Um, so the next season hopefully brings in a whole different type of content and we can sort of start leveling up our lives in response to it all. One of the things I'm really excited to talk about in season two are some of the people who've had these great stories of transforming their lives or taking major leaps to just switch everything up in their lives. Um, those kind of stories really inspire me. Um, we're going to be jumping into the 12 universal laws right off the bat as well and really help people try to figure out what their trajectory might actually be, how you can look at your life and actually determine what your trajectory might be. That's going to be some of our first episodes, and I'm going to be diving a lot into enhancing your physical health as well. Um, I'm going to bring on some special guests on those kinds of things because I feel like to really get your mind operating right, you have to get the whole system going. And if you are getting your physical fitness in the best possible shape that it can be, and I'm huge on fitness, I just haven't made this podcast really about it. I don't plan to make it a focal point, but I do want to bring some people in who have some amazing thoughts on how to do 
sort of cutting edge type fitness practices along with some things that are going to help expand consciousness as well. Some great guests that are going to be coming on the show as well as taking a dive into some mental health topics as well. One of the huge ones for me was um, the fact that I fought PTSD and I did it really in silence. I did a, a, you know, a huge battle with some post-traumatic stress. Um, they're calling it post-traumatic stress injuries now rather than a disorder. It's PTSIs. Um, but I fought you know, a few significant PTSIs and some anxiety a few years back and it was a really hard fight. And I think a lot of people are going through that now um, and a lot of people similar to me have to fight those battles in silence. And, you know, I did because of the job culture that I was in. Um, it really wasn't conducive to a great career path, admitting that you needed help in the line of work that I used to do. Um, so really, that's something I've gotten involved in recently, and I see such a need for it out there in the world right now. So I'm excited to bring that one to the show as well. But yeah, stay tuned. It's going to be an exciting season two. I'm excited that it's actually going that far. And we're going to bring a new season every single year we hit the anniversary on the show. Um, and again, I can't believe it's gone this far. It's uh, It's been an amazing ride so far. But thanks to you all for keeping the wind in my sails to keep this going. Thanks to all the wonderful guests that we've had on here. The support from um, all the different people, the sponsors, the partners, everybody that we've had. It's It's been an amazing, amazing ride over the last year. And also, one thing before we dive into the, the topic of today's show, if you have some subjects that you want me to try to dive into, there's a lot of things that I plan to cover, and if there's one that you really want to know about, it might be one that I already have sort of an outline going for, so if there's something that boils up for you, uh, hit me up, write me any sort of questions, you can find me on the social media platforms between Facebook and Instagram, or you can email me directly at connect at livethislife.org. And we can see what we can do to take your idea and maybe turn it into an episode. But also, if you have one of those great stories where you've sort of like risen from the ashes, you've taken your life from a certain standpoint and moved it into a much more satisfying and gratifying way of living, I don't care if you're a CEO of something or if you have a farm, you're a stay-at-home parent, your level of measurable material success is is irrelevant. It really should be to you too and the rest of the world. But that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the people who took their life from a, a stressful, unsatisfactory point to something that literally lights them up. And whatever that is, I would love to hear what your story is. So if you have some of those, hit me up for that as well. I would love to get you on the show and talk, even if it's a shorter episode of Finding Life. But um, those are the stories that I think gives everybody inspiration and hope. So if you've got one, let me know. Let's get you out here. So... In these seven-year cycles, there's there's so much that's going to be going along with this subject. So, you know, number one, the number seven I found is something that just happens over and over again in our reality, in our lives, in our history. It appears in the Christian Bible over 700 times. There's seven days in a week. There's seven days between moon phases. You know, they say every seven years we completely regenerate all the cells in our body. The sun has seven-year cycles as well. Um, and the whole thing with the body cells as well. I mean, it, I, I've read that that's a little bit contradictory. It's somewhere between 70, 80% accurate, but yeah, the, uh, there's seven chakra points in the body as well. And if you're not familiar with what the chakras are, that's something that goes along with Hinduism and Buddhism. Um, and it's a, it's a theology that, that focuses on these energy points that run along the spine. They start at the base of the spine, work their way all the way up to the top of the head. And, you know, to me, as when I first looked into those, I thought they were a little woo-woo and hippie. But then, again, like with a lot of this stuff, I, I, I don't immediately 
put it down. I don't immediately just say there's there's nothing to that. I want to hear the science. I want to hear the reasoning behind it. And I want to hear what there is to support it. And I'll believe really any potential concepts until I can really prove them out otherwise. And I've done a lot of real good filtering out of things, which has put a, a required a lot of work into a lot of these different concepts in all these different spiritual realms, which is why I wanted to bring this show to people in the first place was to filter out a lot of that stuff. Um, but those chakras, they're, they're, they do have a lot of validity because the, the first one is the root one, and that's actually where my cancer showed up. And I had a huge imbalance at the time both of my cancers showed up. So that immediately is what kind of like put it in front of me. Someone brought that to my attention and said, maybe there was something to this. Maybe sort of your your overall energy was was off because of a relatively healthy guy with no history, having two completely separate cases of cancer. They were completely different types, completely independent of each other. It's not like it returned. They were both separate in and of themselves. Um, that's what kind of woke me up to this stuff. So I looked into it a little bit more. I think there's a lot of truth to it. But the chakras begin down to the lower part of the spine. They That's the root. They move all the way up. They start at the, uh, the next one up is near the belly button. The next one's at the bottom of the rib cage, uh, the breastbone. The other one's the heart, then the throat, then the middle of the, the brow, the third eye, and then the one at the top of the head, um, which is the crown. And these chakras are supposed to coordinate with the seven-year cycles that we're going to talk about in a way. And these are described, like I said, in, in ancient Hinduism and Buddhism. So you can do a little bit more of the research on your own and check those out. Um, but really, that's that whole chakra thing is really an episode in and of itself. And I have a specialist who's going to be scheduled at some point in the near future as well to come on and talk about those. I think it's a fascinating, fascinating subject. And if you can get into that, you might be able to balance a lot of things out in your life. There's a whole thing of chakra balancing and energizing and all that kind of stuff. I've never really gotten into much. But I know that those often correspond with yoga and meditation, which I do both of a lot. So I haven't really dove into those a lot, but I'm eager to learn more. So that's why I want to bring some specialists in. If you're one of them, let me know. Um, I have one that's that's uh, possibly going to come on, but I would love to have more people who are uh, experts on that field. So if you or someone you know, um, let me know. But the cycles coordinate with these energy centers. These seven-year cycles coordinate with these chakras. And it's said that we awaken these, these energy centers and move through them as we age. And we go through the stages of spiritual growth as we move through these cycles. And the one thing to remember with this subject too is that just because this philosophy exists, it, it's not exact. Like right at the age of seven on your seventh birthday, you don't immediately transition into the next stage. Everyone has their own speed. Some get stuck in a cycle as well. Like some people may not move through the lessons efficiently that they're supposed to learn at that stage in their life. But when you look at these stages, picture them like the, the color of a, of a rainbow, like the spectrum of a, of a color of rainbows, uh, the color in a rainbow. There's no definitive line that separates the colors. They just kind of blend into one another. You know, there's no, you know, red doesn't end right where, you know, orange begins. They they fade right into each other. But eventually they're, they are their own definitive color. You can see red. You can see yellow. You can see green. That's what these stages are about as well. These stages represent themselves. And once you're into that stage, it's really a clear picture of that's the cycle that you're going through. So in taking a few information sources into account when looking into these things, I'm basically just going to summarize the best that I can, you know, because some of the information sources tend to contradict themselves just slightly. 
Um, but the first cycle that we go through is that root one, that, that cycle of survival, which is what the root chakra is all about. It, the, the root chakra is supposed to be the color of red, and it moves through the, the color spectrum. It goes from red to orange, yellow, green, blue, and then a purple and like a, um, a violet color when you get to the top. So this first cycle is is all about the survival cycle. You're, you're born, you're just finding out what this world's all made of. Um, and from the ages of zero to seven, this is the stage of the feelings that you're going to have. This is where you're developing all the feelings. You're, you're a pliable little being who, who is dependent on everyone around you. I mean, when you're first born, you're, you're super fragile. You need everything done for you. And then as you start to age a little bit more, you start to learn about the world around you and the people around you. And you learn, you know, the, the basics, like what is hot, what is cold, you know, how to walk and how to fall all those contrasts, you figure out how to use your fine motor skills, you, you become mobile, you, you eat on your own, you start to talk, you make the first connections with the, the people in your life, and like the root chakra that focuses on those basic aspects of survival, the, the fight or flight instincts, the, the basic needs of, of food and water and sleep and all those, those real basic things, that's what that stage of your life is all about. That is really all you're focused on at that point. When you get scared, you just want security when you're a baby. When you're tired, all you want is sleep, or you, know, or you get miserable and you make everybody else around you the same. Same as if you're hungry. I mean, babies usually cry because of one of those three things. It's usually like a diaper, they need sleep, they need food, and you give them one of those and they're a happy little being. But it's around the age of seven when you start to actually learn more about the people around you. You know, you're, you're well into school, you get into about like kindergarten, first grade around that age, and it's really this start of the age of intellect. You start to discover, you know, the difference in genders, you know, you start to um, discover tight bonds with, with peers and friends, you start playing sports and, and you're on teams and you're interacting with each other and you're in school and all that stuff. And, you know, we understand what it means when, when someone passes away, that's usually the stage of life, but obviously between seven and 14, that's when we really can comprehend what death may actually be and therefore maybe start to ponder what life might actually be. Um, but that's when we get the hunger for knowledge. You know, we kids ask us, you know, what is this? What is that? Why, why, why? I remember that stage where I just heard the why all the time, just the inquisitive why. And I just remember just feeding that. I remember uh, having uh, the, the thought of that was going to be an annoying stage, but I found it actually fascinating that they were genuine questions of like, why? Because they literally don't understand all those things. And that's that stage that usually all those why questions start to come about. And then we start to discover, like I said, the opposite sex, gender, puberty starts to, puberty starts to kick in. And then we move into that next stage. It moves into the sacral um, chakra in the body, which is located and associated with the sexual organs. And is one that's that's huge for creation as well, including sort of goals for their life. They start to figure out you know where they want to be, and they really start to dream about the things that they want to be when they get older in that seven to fourteen age range. And it's it's a really important stage because we start to gain that self confidence and self esteem. And of course, we have all of that throughout our lives. We battle that in a lot of our lives because. As teenagers, we're, we're battling against some of what our peers do and say, and we try to identify with them a little bit too much. And sometimes we maybe forget who we were along the way, you know, who we are 
is sort of put on the back burner because of how we need to feel like we fit in. And when those kind of things happen, that sets the stage for later on in life. That healthy identity that you should be finding at that time can sometimes get stifled. So again, like I said, the, the stages aren't definitive. They don't just end when you reach 14. They don't end when you reach 21. You may carry something from that stage into the next one or even further stages down the line. And it may be something that you have to move through and work your way back to and and finish that lesson. Um, Not so much so you can move on to the next one, but just so you can completely finish that prior lesson. But yeah, that seven to 14 age range is, is all about all those different things. And then once we hit 14, that's when, as sure as many of you know, you've gone, most of you have gone through it, I'm sure. And if you uh, you have kids and they're around that age range, I'm sure you're finding it out. I know I'm right on the edge of it with my 13-year-old. I'm already getting little tastes of it, so I know it's going to be coming to me at some point soon. But that next stage, the third stage in life, that's the, the one where you really figure out exactly who you are between the ages of 14 and 21. And that chakra is right at the base of the breastbone. And it's an association with internal power and the adrenal glands. And that's where you you really start to get that identity where you separate yourself from your parents. And that's why kids really start to rebel at that age as well. You know, it happens because we want to discover who we truly are and we don't want our parents to define that for us. I remember being in that stage and, you know, of course, you know it all when you're a teenager. You know everything because you don't want to have someone else's ideals imprinted onto you. So that's why they're often rebelling so much and why they don't want anyone to tell them anything different than what they think. Because what they think, they think that they're asserting that identity. They're imprinting that important layer of identity on themselves. That's where you'll often see that they they start to hang out with different crowds. They start to maybe get into different styles of clothing and music and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's really the first time in a person's life where they yearn to make their own choices. And it's not so much that they believe in the choices that they're always making. It's more of the fact of the experience of making their own choices and making it for themselves and experiencing the world for themselves. Or maybe people have been in some sort of an upbringing that has not been in true resonance with themselves. Let's say you had a very conservative family and that's just not how your spirit wants to live. It may be something that your soul wants to experience a bit more of a less conservative upbringing. And and that's the, usually the stage where you get that rebellion to move into that that area that's true to you. But this is where a lot of experimentation comes in as well, whether it's sexual, whether it's drugs, dangerous activity, all the dumb crap that we did as teenagers and into our tw- our 20s where you know we get that rush. But that's the association with the adrenaline glands where this energy center in this stage of life is supposedly supposed to um, center in on. And you know, us as parents, we really want to protect our kids and prevent them from doing anything stupid that might harm them or have long-lasting effects on their life. So there's that balance between what our parents and what we as parents have done to try to guide that stage and then that constant rebellion, which is why those teenage years are so difficult. You have such different polarizing energies that are tugging at each other. But we also need to learn that in some of our overprotective behavior, we may be holding them back and extending that cycle for them by our actions which is huge for me as well. For, for me having a kid who's entering that stage, I have to be mindful for that. And it's a tough balance to do what's best for our kids while also letting them grow. So after that is the next stage, which is stage four between ages 20 and 28. 
and it's associated with the heart. So still drawing a line from that, that center of the body up the spine, moving past the, the navel, the breastbone, you're up to the, the heart area. And this is supposedly that, that chakra area that's associated with the heart. And this stage is particularly um, associated with making connections and friendships and bonds, long lasting ones, you know, partners in life. It's usually where a lot of us have met our spouse or maybe the first spouse or significant relationships. And we create those bonds, those relationships that are very long, long lasting, maybe sometimes lifelong. But one huge part about this stage is that we define really who we are going to be for a long period of our lives. And really, this is the stage where I feel like we actually turn into adults. You know, they say that we turn to an adult as at the age of 18, but really, in, in all reality, most of us have to still turn to mom or dad for support in some ways for, for quite a long time into our 20s, maybe even beyond. Um, you know, but it's kind of like we have one foot in the boat of life. You know, we have one foot in the boat and we have another one on that island we want to go explore, but we're not really fully to just step off that boat and push it off the shore and wave goodbye to our parents just yet. And But I feel like when we're finally ready to do that, that's when we hit that adult stage. And we hit that, I feel like, once we're into our 20s and we're really taking stride in what's going to happen. And we make the actions, we take the actions and we make the decisions that get us there in that that time frame in this stage of life. Some people may take decades to move out of this stage too. Sometimes they never get there. Everybody's journey, don't get me wrong, when I'm talking about these and if you're not on pace with these, it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. Everyone's journey is exactly playing out the way that it needs to. So some people move through these faster. Some are in stage three at age 50. That's just your journey. I'm sure many of you can re relate to having that friend who maybe never went out of that third stage. You know, they never got out of that college stage and they're still trying to be like that person, still live like that person who's in their 20s. They're still holding on to it a little too long. And others, sometimes they have that direction and they discover their path really early in life and they hit their stride. I'm an example of that, I think. I think this is where my path took a, a divergence as well for quite a long time. And I'm having to go back on that stage myself and redo or actually incorporate some of the things that I was supposed to have in that stage that I didn't actually get. Um, between the third and fourth stage, I let my career define who I was. Once I was in my early 20s, I really let it define me and define everything about me. And I think that caused a lot of discord later on and currently what I, what I had to go through in the last few years. And I had to go back around on some of those lessons to move through them and move onward. And usually we don't flow very well from one stage to the other if we have one of those hangups. It's almost like you get to a certain stage, like I was moving through that fourth stage and it's like I hit a brick wall and I had to basically stop. I was forced to stop and go back 10 spaces and repeat. And that brick wall was a hard one. And I feel like if we don't move through the, the stages in a nice flowing way, we may hit that wall extremely hard at one point. That tells us you're not going past this point until you go back and learn some of those those things that you skipped past. So after stage four is the next one, the one that I just completed, the one that I first was able to actually look back on because these lessons that I'm talking about right now came to me at the closing of that fifth stage in life. And that's from ages 28 to 35. And I feel like this is the area where we move into really committing to ourselves in a greater and grander way. 
we learned a lot from mom and dad in the first stage, and then we learned from our peers in the second one. We learned through finding our own way in the world in the third, and then we learned a lot through relationships in the fourth. Now when you move into that fifth cycle, it's really time to turn inward and find our own inner voice. You know, we've often been married at that point for some time and we get settled into a career where we're in the middle of adulting pretty heavily. You know, we have kids. We we really have a hard time defining our voices with confidence. And that's what a lot of us, I think if you're in that stage or you've moved past it, I think it, there may be a point where a lot of you could look back and say, Yes, I I didn't really realize who I was at a certain point. I was letting something else define who I was, whether I was defining too hard with being a parent. I was defining too hard with having a certain career title. But I think a lot of us have, at least the people that I've associated with and talked about these concepts with, can identify something in that that certain seven-year stage that made us stop and reflect on who we actually were and find our own voice with confidence. And that's why this one's associated with that throat area of that finding the voice. We gain more security with ourselves and understand ourselves a lot better in this stage. And this is why it's one of the toughest ages in our entire lives. When a lot of people turn 30, something around 30 puts us through a living hell. I know a lot of people who went through some serious stuff around age 30. They had some major illness. They broke up in their first marriages. A lot of people I know had some serious, serious stuff happen around age 30. And this was the stage where I went through the most massive issues myself that I ever went through in my life. I went through something right at the beginning of that stage and right towards the end of that stage. And I know a lot of people who whose relationships with friends and, and spouses and lovers all change around that time frame. We can sometimes have massive shifts in our lives because we finally understand who we truly are, but then all of the relationships that we had spent in stage four in our in ages you know twenty eight or twenty one to twenty eight all those people we met all those great relationships that we set up sometimes we change so drastically that we're no longer that person that they became friends with or vice versa so maybe sometimes they've changed so much into a person that you no longer know that the friendships diverge, the relationships diverge, the marriages diverge. So that's often why we have a lot of that discord happen around that time in our life because we're really discovering the true root of who we actually are at that point. We're not letting someone else or a job define us and that's what we wake up to. But with that, some things can really tend to crumble. It can get really ugly and it can be a really difficult stage. And I know some people who've made a huge turnaround in their lives. They've packed up a basically their entire life and they've moved across the country or moved across the world. They've they switched everything up and did something completely new. And it all came from a level of self-realization that this isn't working for me anymore. I'm switching it up and I'm going. I know for me, that's where I had the stage of my life where both of my cancers came. And I almost ended up in divorce at that stage as well. And I made a decision right then that I was going to change everything about my trajectory. I was going to change my entire career path, change my health, Because I came into an adulthood really as an ingenuine person from my true self. I let a job define who I was, which wasn't in resonance with who I truly was. And it was at at that stage where I discovered all of those truths. And it didn't just happen seamlessly like it should through those, those cycles in life. So I hit that brick wall and it hurt. And eventually, I, you know, we got through it. It was, it was a long, tough stage, but 
Um, it's a huge one. And I feel like you could probably look back on some of those times or maybe even know people who have gone through those stages at certain points. And you can kind of recognize that you were going through this kind of lesson at that point in your life. But like I said, it helps to know the class that you're taking when you step into that classroom, right? Like if you know this is potentially coming or the stages that are coming up for you, you may actually try to, you, you may actually be able to understand what you're going to be growing through at that stage when you get there. So therefore you kind of have a little bit more of an expectation. You have that syllabus in your hand before the class starts. So the next stage is from 35 to 42, and that's the one I'm in the midst of right now, the one that I feel like I'm currently starting to wrap up. And that's when we start to really evaluate everything. Who am I? Where am I? And what am I doing? Which, by the way, is a title to an upcoming episode. Just check that one out whenever it comes out. Um, but we really take into account all that we've done. You know, what have I done? What have I become? Where the hell am I going? And for those of us who have not had that full realization yet, this is often the time where we do it. It's associated with the third eye in the middle of the, the middle of the brow, in the middle of your brain, and I supposedly the energy center where we get the, the wisdom from. And we really start to get formed about the flow of our lives. We kind of wake up to some of these bigger things. Sometimes we find a spirituality or a religion, and it really helps to guide us in a certain direction. It's, it's often where we step on this journey about the major insights in our life, in reality, in existence, and where we all fit into it. And we start to take on these new interests. We, we start to really you know, search for a whole new meaning in life or a whole new, new career path or, or something grander on a bigger scale beyond some of the superficial things that we maybe looked for in our past, like money or career or um, you know, we, we try to maybe travel a little bit more, we make new connections with people, but this is really, really where our inner power starts to rise. But sometimes it comes at the price where we lose a bunch of different things and we cut a lot of things back just to simplify our lives. We'll, we'll move out of big expensive houses, we'll cut jobs that we're making handsome salaries on, we'll maybe leave certain friends behind or, or, or change um, spouses, we'll do all sorts of things. Um, it may be at that point that divorce kicks in. You know, the, the things that we perceive though as bad are are often raising themselves at that time. Some of the most painful things that we can go through that we perceive as bad at the time will show up at this stage, but it's kind of like a lot of the most painful things that we go through in life where we have to realize that it's it's most of the time a cocoon process. A lot of the painful things we go through are like the process a caterpillar goes through. And really, it can be one of the roughest stages in life as well, which in contrast, when you look at the stage before this, I said that there as well. It can be a double whammy. This can be a really difficult time in life. Um, we lose confidence in ourselves sometimes at this point. We lose we often lose ourselves in everything in life because we get so broken down to a base level to figure out what are the things that matter to us most that it's it's extremely hard. But we have to get broken down to that base level so that we can rise up stronger than we were before. The dark night of the soul often happens at this stage 
which basically, if you've never heard of that term, Dark Knight of the Soul, it's basically a, a very highly difficult lesson that we go through. Um, I like to think of this stage as one that's kind of like an arrow being pulled back, though. As difficult as it is, it's going to do something good for you. And knowing that, if I would have had that explained to me when I was going through it, it may have eased the pain of it a little bit. But I, like I said, I often like to see it as an arrow getting pulled back so that we can be flung forward hundreds of times at the speed we are drawn backward from. And knowing this really can help people out. I know some people who I've helped through some of these stages and you know, the, I guess it was one of, of several very minimal things that they were able to hold on to at that stage that this was meant for me. I'm going through it for a reason as hard as it is. I've just got to weather the storm, but it will pass and it did. And just knowing that information often gives people just a slight bit of, of solace. So if you're one of those people, just know if you're in one of those stages, you may just be getting drawn back for a huge leap forward in the near future. So string it out. But I know this because I'm a person who just lived it. I just lived through most of this. And yeah, it was hell. I mean, I remember it. I remember how hard it was. And it wasn't even this year. I'm kind of glad that I went through it before this year because some of you are going through it now and 2020 was the catalyst. And I can't imagine because this year has so many other pieces of the puzzle thrown in that could be stressors on top of whatever it is that you might have in that stage of your life. Um, But really, I can say a million times over that when I went through the hard stuff, when I went through that stage, it was all worth it. It was something I don't want to repeat but it was absolutely worth it to gain the perspective and the strength that I have now. But it's a perspective that results from completing this stage and you become completely expansive after this is all over. We're forced to really broaden our view on everything. We broaden view on life, spirituality, our approach to life. And we finally learn that we came here to this life for a reason. We came here to learn and that life is a constant learning process. And it's here in this stage that we often realize that we're the authors of the book of our lives. I say this over and over again, that we were the authors the entire time, but we find out that we're authors by reading the story of our past. And we see how that character developed. And it's because of the difficulty in this stage that we're able to look back. We, we look back because we say, how did I get here? What happened to me that broke me down right here? And you can see that this stage was often brought on by a lot of the different changes, um, choices that we made along the way. But a lot of people can't accept that fact as well. They have a lot of difficulty with it. So then sometimes in this stage, they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol, they turn to affairs, they turn to new cars, that, that midlife crisis thing that might be popping up. Although people associate that maybe with later ages, it often comes in this stage as well. And we have to realize that if we don't go through these things and we don't process it fully and we try to numb them with these different things, with a new car, with a new job, with a new spouse or something, a new lover, it's often we're not going to to really solve what it was. We were there in the first place in that stage to learn. And it can resurface itself in a repeating fashion over and over until we realize that the new car, the new job, the substances were not the answer. It was just something that was numbing and distracting us from learning that lesson. And honestly, some people never get past that point in their lives, and it's unfortunate. 
The next stage beyond that one is age 42 to 49. And this is a time for establishing that we have a new profound wisdom. We've gone through all these different stages, all these years of life and all these different stages. We've met people, we've had things come and go. And we really realize in this stage that we start to become masters of all the different things in our life. We're aware of the stages we went through. We embrace where we were. We embrace where we currently are. And this is this is where we're supposed to be in this stage. We have come to that standpoint. And it's often because we've gone through being the teacher. We've, we've maybe had kids up to that point or we've had people that have relied on us for things along the way. And we no longer have to define ourselves as that caregiver at that stage in our life. And for the first time in maybe 20 or more years, we are able to become more grounded because we can focus solely on taking care of ourselves. We get a sense of balance. We get a sense of security. Our wisdom and knowledge are there to help carry us through any further challenges. And, you know, we really never experience life with the level of confidence until we hit that stage. Our creativity, our authenticity, our imagination, all that stuff tends to blossom in that stage. And it takes us in crazy new directions most of the time. And we start to stand at that mountaintop, that precipice of life. And we look at everything we've built and we're able to say, look at what I've done. And we, we look at all the wisdom that we've been able to gain and we say, you know, I can actually be the teacher now. And we broaden into a greater sense of that for other people. Whether it be mentoring our adult children on their journey, because maybe at that point in our lives where we have adult children um, and we start to see our kids maybe as less of our child as, and more of a friend and more of a colleague instead of, um, you know, we're more of a colleague to them. They see us as more of a friend instead of a disciplinarian. And that's where we get into those amazing relationships with our kids, especially after those rough teenage years. It's almost like you get them back as a person and your wisdom, their wisdom, they both are able to mesh it a whole different way. And um, I think that leads to great relationships between parents and kids after those rough teenage years. And it's basically a combination of where you are at that stage and where the kids are at that stage as well. But then beyond that, um, there there are smaller different nuances to the stages beyond the, the last one. But um, really beyond that stage, it's, it's more of just opening up our opportunities. We kind of stop having the stages all together, in my opinion, because most of the growing had happened in those earlier stages. And we have a great vision of where we're going and what we're doing. And we don't make so many huge leaps and bounds later on after the stages we've already talked about. And we do things with a bit more purpose. And instead of being in reaction mode so much in those later stages of our life, we're doing things with much more purpose than ever. We realize our time is very valuable, very limited, um, and we're often more uh, uh, traveling with people a lot more. We're tending to not waste our times on things that don't serve us. And it's just too bad we can't incorporate some of that into our life earlier on as well. I've been trying to incorporate that, knowing that that's something I need to learn at a later later stage in life. Like, well, I want to learn it now. I don't want to wait until I'm, you know, 49, 59, 69. I don't want to wait until then to learn some of these lessons. So I'm trying to incorporate some of these things in my life now. But we're doing things for our highest potential later on in those stages of life. And one of those things that ends up happening is those who neglect the spiritual side of their life, they start to get scared and confused about that aging process, though. What's one of the things that we learn about ourselves is that 
life is coming to an end. What's going to happen when we get there? A lot of us, when we turn to spirituality and religion, we'll have a bit of a sense in some sort of way. We've learned some sort of a concept that we've maybe come to accept. But when people are really lost in their spirituality or they've never really pondered some of those things, this is where some of that scared energy can come from about the aging process and mortality. And you'll see a lot of people at that point will start having specific issues about their appearance. They'll start wanting to act younger and look younger than they really should. And it's more of a sense of denial. And you know, maybe that's the, the genuine midlife crisis that people can go through in addition to the one where they're trying to supplement the things with cars and, and trips and, and all those other things, those external things. But really people can get to that sort of, I wouldn't say midlife, but sort of the the three-quarter life crisis where they're they're getting into the denial of the advanced ages that they're at instead of just embracing it. But really, from what I've gathered, most people when they're hitting those later stages in the healthiest mindsets, it's more that they've learned all the lessons, the ones who have learned the lessons, they've, they've moved through and processed those lessons and they're doing a lot of reflection and teaching and spreading the wealth that they've accumulated, whether it's monetary wealth or just wealth of knowledge. Um, but they're spreading that to the younger people in their lives. And that's what gives them the most purpose. That's why your grandparents and great grandparents always want to be around you because they have all that to share, whether it's money or it's wisdom that they want to give you. They just want people there so they can try and teach you the lessons they learned. So when those grandparents are always wanting you around, when they want you to come and visit, give them that purpose because that's what they have in those later stages. It's the reflection about what they've accomplished and it's the reflection about what we've accomplished and it's our major focus we spend a lot of time reflecting on what we've done and sometimes what we what we haven't done or the things we didn't do right but again the realization of these stages in and of themselves really helps you grow you can grow along with these stages and honestly it can help your relationships with others because you might understand what they're going through a little bit better when they're going through them and not be so judgy. I know that's helped me with some of the younger people that I have in my life, some younger relatives who I've gotten frustrated with over the past few years with the choices that they've made in their lives. And instead of getting frustrated and judging, I tend to look at them maybe, I guess, a little more understanding. Um, and I also think that there's maybe part of certain generational things that can come up as well. I know that, you know, not to put down any millennials and stuff, but I, I have noticed that there is a generational thing where people are really focusing on getting so much done that they get so self, I'd say in, the, in a very insensitive way, but self-absorbed. But it's mostly because they get self-absorbed because they they want to accomplish so much and so much pressure is put on them. Um, and I think that that's also commensurate with the stage that they're in at that point in their life as well it's not just the generational thing it's a combination of what that generation is going through in combination with that current stage but one thing that's important to remember is people who are going through that whether it's you or someone else that journey is your journey that is what you need to go through and you cannot force feed this onto anybody you can't force feed the concepts you can't Hurry up and make someone go through some of these lessons. You can maybe hope that they stumble across a podcast or some material to help them grow. 
and maybe they can have a little bit of inside enlightenment. They can have some inward reflection on on what these things mean to them in their lives. But really, everybody needs to go through this themselves. They need to grow through it themselves. They need to go through these stages. And what can really help with that, though, is realizing the class that they're stepping into in the school of life. What is it that their soul stepped onto earth school to learn? And learning as much as they possibly can in that semester that you're in, that seven-year semester, that class that you're going through, trying to learn everything that's in the syllabus of that class can really help you. The most important part of going through that stage, whatever stage you're in or whatever stage that someone you care about is in, is getting the best possible grade on there and learning everything that you needed to so you can move on to the next stage in your life. Otherwise, we get held back. We have to repeat the course a little bit until we get a passing grade. And that is painful for everybody involved. So I hope that this has been an enlightening conversation. Um, I hope it's been informative. I thought it was something that would be great to sort of mend the season one and season two stuff that we've done and that we're going to be doing, uh, you know, to go from the concepts that are, you know, enlightening for life to get into some of the more deeper sort of spiritual um, theologies, all the different types of things that we're going to be talking about much more in season two and the people that are going to be coming on here. Um, and of course, talking about this one in my own aging stages of hitting 40 and being in the midst of, uh, of a stage that's coming to a close in the next few years and seeing what the next one has to give. And then also looking back to see maybe did I miss something in some of the last ones? Am I, am I doomed to hit a brick wall if I don't go back and revisit some of those things that I should have learned? And I think we can all value from uh, reflecting on our life in that way and looking at what the character of us has been through earlier in the book of our lives. And once we do that, we're able to really write the story in a purposeful way. We can write that story to complete those lessons, and then we pick up that pen as the author of the book, and we can create the life of our dreams. We can create whatever it is, moving along through these cycles as uh, the, the guidance of what that chapter is really supposed to be about. So I'm going to head out on this song from Soul Rising. And if you're looking at, uh, if you're trying to find some of his music, he's been really huge on Spotify. But when you look for it, it's S-O-L, Rising. Instead of S-O-U-L, it's S-O-L, like sun, instead of S-O-U-L. So this one's off of his 2018 album called Timeless. And this one's called How Did We Get Here? Take care, everybody. Until next time, keep living. Thank you.